rebooting. Here we go. Christine and Lisa, take it away. Hello, Hivians. Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at... Sorry! <laughs> I said child! That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download. <laughs> Stop it! No, no. Shut up! Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Today's... <laughs> That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. That's right, Christine. Over 180,000 yeah. titles titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, yeah, Kindle, baby. or M3. <laughs> <laughs> Over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Iceland Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. A trailer for episode nine has been leaked. Yes. We have an episode 9 trailer that's all over Twitter. And we're going to tell you all about it because you have found the Wretched High Podcast for Friday, March 22nd, 2019. My name is Steve Baldwin. Episode 83 is upon us. And I'm so glad to join you tonight with the rest of the Hive. Starting off, as always, let me introduce my Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Steven Brosif. Como esta, mi amigo? Como esta? I'm doing very well, sir. I'm so happy to be here. It has been too long since we've had time for great Star Wars talk. And guys, I have discovered my superpower. Oh, My tell. superpower is the power of my boycotts. And I promise that I will not use them for evil. I will only use them for good, just as Disney learned. Ooh, what are you... Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. What are you boycotting? No, I, I, I had boycotting. I had boycotted the uh, to go in to see Guardians of the Galaxy three. That's right. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, we got some that's great right. news about that tonight. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh my god. And gosh. now you know what? I bought my ticket for Guardians of the Galaxy three just last week. So there we go. Mm. They listened for twenty twenty one. Nice. Yeah, that's a presale. What theater do you go to, man? I, I think that's hardcore proof that Bob Iger listens to this here show. Bob Iger. Yes. Bob Iger. Yes, he does. Also on the show tonight, he is lifelong Star Wars fan, Ivansky. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for having me You're tonight. You're so welcome. Yes. Welcome yes. in. I, uh, I have a special announcement. Mm, uh, I, don't, I don't get to be serious too often on this show, so I'm going to say this right now. All right. I am celebrating my anniversary today. Oh, happy anniversary. Oh, happy this, anniversary. How many years? What's the anniversary? Tell this, us. This is uh, 17 years. Okay. Uh, this is what I call or consider the American anniversary. I was married mm. in America and then three days later went to Mexico. 
Yeah. So th- don't is... tell either one of them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah. in other words, you may or may not be legally married is what you're saying. Something to that effect. All right, for 17 years. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations and to you and to the Mrs. Zavansky. Oh, Thank that's you. Huge. Thank you. Way to go, man. Thanks. Congrats on that. Uh, Why are we assuming it's an anniversary with Mrs. Zavansky? He didn't actually say who the anniversary <laughs> that's, was. That's true. <laughs> this that's is true. Uh, also on the show tonight, here's the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez. Hi, hello. How are you doing tonight, guys, gentlemen, boys, girls, Dave Potter? <laughs> <laughs> Different category completely. Whew. Doing well. How are you? I'm all right. Glad to be here. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> during that whole intro, all I could think about, I just want to say this right now, um, all I could think about is how funny it would have been if I had muted Steve Baldwin right before he started talking after the intro. <laughs> and then just had dead scene. He wouldn't just have Just silence. Yeah. Just uh, silence. When well, it's <laughs> happened before, but it's been uh, like an IT issue or something. <laughs> I'm talking and no one can hear me. Um, I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> and finally. From the Isle of Samoa. We have. From Grenoble. In the Perchops. Dave! Weighing 298 pounds. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Dave, we gotta have a talk, man. <laughs> I, oh, I hate when I lose my, my place. Yeah, where, where are you at now? Under no circumstances. Under <laughs> no circumstances. Weighing 364 pounds. It's getting weight. You're gaining Should you ever. Weighing 476 pounds. And I mean. British speaking. <laughs> ever. Dick Butkus. Jesus. <laughs> Call him. The adorable Adrian Adonis. Harry. Macho Man. Randy Savage Potter. Oh, 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 Dave, you wear it well, <laughs> you wear it well, sir. You wear it well. Oh man, Dave, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. I hope everybody else is doing well. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us. The hive is five by five tonight, and mm. it is a great day. It is a historic day. Say it, brother. As we are taping the show, it is, of course, the first day of spring. But perhaps more importantly. 20th Century Fox no longer exists as a standalone movie studio as of uh, 9 p.m. local time last night. The Disney acquisition of 20th Century Fox closed and as of today, gentlemen, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is almost completely unified again under one ownership group and Star Wars is finally all back together. Oh, wow. Incredible. Incredible. I'm sorry. It and was... that's and that's the show, folks. Good night. We hope you all have a good life. We'll see you all at some point in the future. <laughs> I do love Greg yelling out, "Quiet!" <laughs> right in the middle of that. Is that, that was is that his dog or my dog? I, I don't know whose dog that is. 
And I will not be quiet, sir. This is a great day. This is a great day. I'm telling you, every... The box office take for Disney this year, now that they own 20th Century Fox, is just going to be so enormous. It's just Uncle Moneybags and Scrooge McDuck just getting together in the greatest mashup of obscenely rich people you have ever seen in your life. As long something as to the effect of like twenty percent of the total box office or something like that. Higher I, than I, that, I think. I, I think yeah, I think that was twenty percent before the Fox acquisition. And now with yeah. the Fox acquisition, it's gonna be like thirty to forty percent. That's nuts. Apparently that is my not dogs. my dog. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's your dog. I think that's my mine. No, I think that's mine chasing a squirrel or a rat on the side of the house or something. <laughs> um, if the health department asks it's a squirrel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the uh, headline that I liked most about this was Fox purchase is complete. Uh, Disney is now a global powerhouse, and I went now now yeah. seriously. Yeah. Fin- <laughs> finally, they've achieved some success. Yeah. Oh man, they were just slacking before. Hey. Jesus Christ, what was wrong I'm with a them? A lightweight indie studio. I'm just glad they finally grew up and made good on themselves. Mm. Well, if you've ever been a global powerhouse, give us a call and let us know how to do it ourselves. That's Every day. Uh, Leave a message on the uh, on the old uh, Wretched Hive voicemail. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's spelled H-I-V-E. In case you cannot spell Hive, or alternatively, in case you cannot pick up on your cue. Mm. You are goddamn right, sir. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net. You can find us on Facebook, although we don't recommend it facebook.com yeah we do forward slash wretched hive podcast you can find us on twitter at wretch hive pod put a couple pictures on instagram this week i know shocking yes that's wretched hive 77 on instagram you can reach out to us via email by sending an email to show at the wretched hive.net you can also find us on the apple app store search wretched for the wretched app you can find us on google Podcasts, stitcher your favorite podcatcher, but of course the best way to listen to the show and leave a review for us is by doing so at Apple Podcasts. That helps the show a great deal when you do that. So thank you for those of you that have already done so. Really appreciate it. All right, we've got a ton of news tonight. We're going to hit on Star Wars, of course, because this is a Star Wars show, but more importantly, I'm excited to hear what you guys think of the latest Marvel release, Captain Marvel. We're going to hit on Star Wars first, and then Captain Marvel. Let's do this. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, guys, big news. Big news out of Disneyland and Disney World, frankly. Galaxy's Edge is getting really close to the grand opening. I was just at Disneyland a few weeks ago. Here We live in uh, beautiful Southern California, a mere 20 miles or so away from Disneyland. We are 65, 67 days, something uh, like that. Th- that sounds about right. May yeah. 31st yeah. is the grand opening. Uh, and it is going to be an absolute madhouse. There's going to be a lot of people there. And... Recently, Disneyland released their guidelines for how you're going to be able to get into Galaxy's Edge for the first few weeks it's open. 
Now, this was chronicled Spo- by... Spoiler alert, it involves blowing Bob Iger. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Iger. He... <laughs> I'm sure that uh, Bob Iger. would really enjoy that. Uh, but so... <laughs> This is Does chronicled... he really enjoy anything? <laughs> might, it, it might pep him up a little bit. That's uh, this is going to work, Steve. So, um, <laughs> to get into Galaxy's Edge, now, th- there's an article in the Orange County Register that breaks this down. But you don't even have to go to the Orange County Register. Just open up, download, if you haven't downloaded, the Disney app. When you go to the parks, there's a Disney app you can get for your iPhone or Android. Tells you, like, how long the rides for the lines are and what... What um, if the rides for the lines is actually perfect? It's exactly what it does. Exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> lines for the rides are. Sorry about that. <laughs> Dyslexia is a terrible disease. Don't make fun of me. Um, oh my God. And the app will tell you what you need to do to get into Galaxy Z. So I'm looking at a screenshot of the app right now. And I'm assuming it says, first thing you must do is wait until May 31st. It says, to start spending money, press 1. Now, what (laughs) it says is, important update. Reservations required to visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge between May 31st and June 23rd. So, it's a no-cost reservation that you have to make. So, you buy a park ticket... That does not get you in to Galaxy's Edge on May 31st. You also have to make a no-cost reservation Okay, uh, between May 31st and June 23rd. Access to Disneyland Park, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and its experiences may be restricted or unavailable depending on guest demand and other factors. Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, one of the rides in Galaxy's Edge, will not be available at the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and will open later this year. Hmm. So although the they've they've put out lots of press about and tweets and Facebook posts everything about the fact that Galaxy's Edge is opening May 31st, but if you're in the park, you need a no-cost reservation. Now, I did some additional intel on this. The one way that you're guaranteed to have a reservation for Galaxy's Edge between May 31st and June 23rd is if you're staying in a park hotel. So if you have a hotel reservation, you're staying overnight, you're paying for a hotel room on the Disney property, you get an automatic reservation. So I called. I was going to say, the online experience was a real bitch, wasn't it? Well, I called to make a reservation to see how much it would cost me for the 31st opening day to get a reservation the only room left eight thousand dollars not actually kind of close to <laughs> the only thing they had lo- left was the top level room at the disney's grand californian hotel oh my that god sleep like, that sleep like 10 though uh two queen beds so four, that's it two four maximum beds? yep oh man because they they have like they, it's 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 not a cabin because yeah. it's, it's but they have they have like a, a three bedroom suite you can rent. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is not. This is just a single room with two queen beds. Jesus. And it's in the it's 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 it's, it's on over five thousand. No, 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 no. Oh. Thirteen hundred bucks for the room. For one, one night. One night. At the Grand Californian. At Disneyland. 
Yes, and you're guaranteed to you have your no cost reservation to go on the 31st when the park opens. So does a room guarantee entrance to the park or is that a separate No, ticket? you need to buy your ticket. <laughs> I buy your park ticket as well. So yes. $2,000 basically. So let's say you take a family of 4. <laughs> right. A day day ticket is 139 bucks. Oh my god. So you're talking about 400 you're talking about $530 or so. I said $2,000, man. Plus a $1,300 hotel room. Yeah. That's you're up to maybe 18, 1850. Food. You're Which looking Oh, we all know is just perfectly reasonable prices at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about at you're t- just just to get in and eat, you're talking about a $2,000 day. Yeah. But it's available. You can get your reservation now, Scotty Vansky. It was. 1300 so, bucks. Hold so the phones. I'm booking it now. <laughs> Scott on. knows somebody who's been on site, correct, Scott? Yes. I actually have two people. I know somebody who's been on site as well. Ooh, okay. Um, not my normal super secret um, uh, person who may or may not have the same mother I do. <laughs> um, a different person who is actually... Uh, been filming commercials oh. on, on the set or on, or on the lot. Cool. My my brother, my own brother who does work at Disneyland, um, has not been on the Star Wars lot at wow. all yet. Wow. I, I saw him over the weekend. I'm like, so when you get me on the uh, into Star Wars land, he says, as, maybe as soon as I get in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So the question is, are tickets going to increase? I mean, this is... They are bracing for huge crowds. Oh, I yeah. can't see tickets not increasing in price. And in fact, we've talked about this on the show before, and we were correct. MarketWatch.com had an article about ticket prices at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, this is, again, MarketWatch.com. Jacob Passy writes, uh, Walt Disney World this week raised prices for the most... For most theme park tickets, the most expensive single-day ticket can cost as much as $219. The price hike comes as the resort is set to open Star Wars-themed attraction that's expected to draw an influx of visitors. A single-day ticket to visit one of the Walt Disney World's four theme parks has been hiked to $159. And uh, for the busiest times of the year, up from $139. So... Not only is it going to be very crowded, it's also going to be very expensive. Um, yeah, we can we just you know start saving your money now. There is that's, confirmed. That's articles. two great things that go great together. Yeah, spend a lot of money to be in an overcrowded environment. Yeah. So already ahead of this, let me answer part of your question. Okay. Disneyland on January seventh. Articles on CNN, Theme Park Insider, and a few other websites have all pointed at all the annual pass rates have gone up mm. in light of Star Wars opening up this year. Tickets should be following soon. Wow. So Okay. Now, Disneyland has not revealed how to make these no-cost reservations. They've just said that you'll need a no-cost reservation. If I go, can I just park. yell it out at somebody? <laughs> at, a, at a cast member? Well, so when you make your hotel reservations, you have to have registered guests. Okay. So I actually thought about like getting you guys and we all go in and there's eight of us that can get in and we share the cost of the room. But only four can go because only four are allowed in the room. They start charging you more when you have more uh, 
registered guests for a particular room. Oh man! Well, the four of us can go, and it'll be like six hundred bucks a piece. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna first play shot nice. fired across the bow tonight. I was, yeah, I was gonna play nice all night, but yeah. Nico had to start this shit. So yeah. here we go, motherfuckers. Here we go. Whoa. Um, has anyone here ever gone to Vegas and had twenty people in a room? Seriously, come on, we can do this. Yeah, but you have to have your the name of the registered guest on the reservation. Okay, there's ways to get in. But I don't know how they're gonna are they gonna check IDs? Greg, can you see them checking IDs at the gate of Galaxy's Edge? How's that gonna work? Uh, because... what do you mean checking IDs? Checking IDs for what? Well, so, to get so in. you're gonna get an email and it would say, uh, Nico Rodriguez, Dave Potter. Greg Lent, Scotty Vansky, these four are registered guests in this hotel room. Oh yeah. Oh. And then you've got that's that's your ticket to get into Galaxy's Edge. What if it's like a movie ticket? They just email you the QR code and then oh, you just like screenshot yeah. it and give it to the guy behind you. Yeah. Well, isn't there something where there's supposed some kind of wearable tech that we're all gonna have to have so they can track us so that the the characters know how to interact with us based on our experiences. That's Florida. And, yeah. And if that's Florida, true, is isn't that going to like basically allow them to determine, oh, you get in or you don't? Mm. Wait, wait, wait. That's happening here yes, or just Florida? Both. Oh, really? Yes. So maybe you scan your wristband or whatever it is on your way in? That's what I'm thinking, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Wow. Well, it is coming. It is screaming. Right, and you're paranoid about us. Facebook and not Disney owning your life on this? Seriously. I know Steve wants with. Disney to own his life, though, and Apple. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious that Steve bashes Facebook and then posts on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Which is, yes. When do <laughs> I I've, when do I ever Facebook. bash Facebook? Oh, my God. I don't know what go. you guys You can check All us right. out on Facebook.com slash the Richard Guy Podcast, but I don't recommend it. Yeah, if you're a dumbass, you can check us out on Facebook. <laughs> All right. Hey, Steve, you know I'll, Facebook? I'll, I'll as a, stop. As a corporation the pork skin gloves are Yes, off. I did know that. That's why Dave said that just now, Nico. Thank you. Okay, I know out. Dave. Thank you, Captain that. Obvious. I just wanted to make sure. It's Captain Millennium Falcon. Oh, but sorry. I wanted to make sure you knew this. I know <laughs> Dave knew this. Thank you. Did Nico well just mess up his own name? He said... <laughs> No, he corrected me and oh, said he's man. the captain of the Millennium Falcon. Millennium. Millennial. Yeah, uh, yeah. see? He said oh, it. Oh, I heard it. Damn it, whatever. All right, moving yeah, on. All right, hey, speaking of Star Wars. Let's do this. We have a trailer. What? Star Wars trailer is on Twitter. That's right, Mark Hamill posted American a treasure, Mark Hamill. American treasure, Mark Hamill posted a picture of his trailer on the set. <laughs> Of episode nine, that son of a bitch. Oh my yeah. god! Right. Yeah, he, uh, he tweets. People keep asking me over and over and over again. When will they release the episode nine trailer? A, I don't know. B, until they do, just be satisfied with this exclusive look at my own personal Star Wars trailer. And it shows Mark pointing to a sign on the trailer that says "Master Hamster." <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know That's that awesome. Mark Hamill fans are called hamsters? No. Is that a thing? I didn't know that. I don't know. I read that somewhere this week, because that's all I do is read Star Wars and Mark Hamill stuff. It's good, yeah. Stalker. As you should. As I should. Stalker. Uh, well, well, talking about the trailer though, there is quite a bit of conjecture okay. happening around when we're gonna see the actual Episode Nine trailer, and April 12th. CNET, very good, Nico. CNET is suggesting April twelfth. Now, 
that is the first day of Star Wars Celebration. And I, someone on this show made this prediction a few shows ago. Who? Oh, it was me. That's right. Yeah. I volunteer as tribute. See, so a, a, see more, if when you when you predict Luke Skywalker's death, you can crow about it a little more. More evidence that all of Disney paying attention to the Wretched Hive podcast. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Probably not, but that's okay. Um, more Disney news. Disney Plus. Disney Plus is taking further shape. Uh, the Verge and many other outlets reporting that Disney is ending its Vault program. Right, the Disney Vault, where they would only release, you know, VHS copies and DVD copies of their movies every ten every years. ten years, so that you know you're, you Disney, so that you gotta vault. buy them when they come out. Yeah. Well, now yeah. That, this is this is huge, by the way. That Vault program is going away, and you'll be able to get all those movies, Dave, when you subscribe to Disney Plus every ten this, years on Vault or on this is on Plus. this is this is I think this is a legit huge business decision for Disney and I I think it's the right one but it is such a shift in their model I I do want to hit pause for a second to just acknowledge they're finally doing the right thing and they're making the yeah. movies available for purchase at any time uh, not purchase but for viewing at yeah. any time now with, it's the right did... thing to do and it's it's fantastic I'm very happy about this it, it is fantastic but let's just let's Let's take a let's take a pause for a moment. When was this announced? Uh, the date on this article is March seventh. Okay. In the recent months, there's been speculation about Disney taking a hit mm-hmm. on this new Plus thing. Raise that up a little bit. All right. Okay. And uh, so you got to be somewhat aware that this is trying to make up for that. Hmm. Disney doesn't want to take a loss on this. You know, you you're shutting down all your Netflix stuff and your contracts with these other uh, streaming services. Disney's going to take a hit. That's what everyone's talking about, speculating. Suddenly, they're like, "Oh, those that ten year program we're having. Well, you know what? We're just going to put that out there." And guess what? They're going to mm-hmm. make a ton of money. Wow, shocker! Disney makes another twenty one billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I'm interested in seeing is, you know, if they're going to open up the vault and make all those movies available for for uh, subscribers. Yeah. If they if they make the entire Disney catalog available. Nope, won't happen. That's the story though is that yes, the the entire catalog is going to be available. That's yeah, what they're, they're saying right now. There are Song some, of the South. That's, if Song yeah. of the South is on there, I guarantee Scott will subscribe for at least a <laughs> yeah, month just so we can watch it. That is the only way Disney's <laughs> going to get my money, swear to god. Because if they don't put it on there, then it's a bullshit lie. That's well, what it is. Well, Matt, <laughs> no. I, I guess you got to say entire catalog with caveats. Like the the, the yeah. stuff that's artificially held back, like the, the vault things that they release every seven years, that stuff, obviously, yes. But the things that they've pulled back for um, for the day and age that we live in, like Song of the South and, and like the the – the shorts that they made as propaganda during World War II. <laughs> right. Uh, there's lots of things that they just won't release today just because it's yeah. it reflects a different time. You know what was a different time? When they fired James Gunn. 
Wow. <laughs> so let's just talk about that for a second, Mr. Lent. Well, let's get... what well, We have a Marvel section coming. Well, let's hold they, off they on realized, that. They realized they made a mistake in firing James Gunn. They also realized that they did not make a mistake in not releasing Song of the South. They, they realized that they, they made a mistake in firing James Gunn when they heard that Greg Lent was boycotting the film. I w- yes. That's what happened. It's tough to put this on pause because something extremely relevant happened today. Oh, we're going to talk about, we're, we're going to get a Marvel section is coming, Scott. I know, but that's, okay. Hold it. I can't hold just, it. It's don't just jump so in big. right now. Just jump in in a few minutes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump in really quick yeah, yeah, in no a few no. minutes. No problem. All right. Well, talking about streaming video, it's worth noting that actually Star Wars set the stage for streaming video a few decades ago. With the release of the episode one trailer over Apple video streaming service. And this was shared um, last week. Uh, this article is on appleinsider.com. Star Wars set the stage for Apple streaming video service two decades ago as we wait for Apple to announce its new streaming video service. Oh, Apple's new streaming of video course. service, of course. Apple Insider takes a look back when it was the company's QuickTime software. Yeah. That brought Star Wars to the web audience and forever changed how we watch video online. A uh, fun article here that uh, talks about the joy of watching that trailer mm-hmm. and waiting for your 28.8 modem to, to, to download it 20 years ago. Six year, six hours, my friend. And that video, when it came up at an inch two inch, inch square. and a half, yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I wear glasses today. Yeah, and, yep. and I don't remember the Lucasfilm release of that. I remember whoever that anonymous person was who videotaped it on the front of the Waterboy yes. in San Francisco and just uploaded it to the net. And it's just a, it was just a, it was just an absolutely shitty bootleg copy of it. But it was so glorious because you could hear the crowd reaction. You could just yeah, hear. Yeah and taste the palpable excitement as that Lucasfilm logo came up and people started cheering and then instantly everybody's like, no, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> And you just can barely hear the sound of what's going on and just the roar and people screaming, run it again, run it again at the end. It's it's still one of the best damn trailers I have ever seen for a movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It, Dave, I'm going to dig through the archives, the Scotty Vansky archives. If I find that, <laughs> I might still have a copy of that bootleg trailer. I will uh, post it if I have you to. You think it's on, uh, is it available like YouTube? Somebody's got to put, you, put that on YouTube. you got to have it out there somewhere. Yeah, Because yeah. my recollection is that that went online and was the, and was really one of the original viral videos. And Lucasfilm released yeah. the clean copy of it to, yeah. as a response to that. Just Lucasfilm saying, well, it's out there. People like it. You know, hey, here you go. Watch a watch a clean copy of it. So to piggyback on that, Dave, reading from Apple Insider, uh, compared to today, this is video in its infancy, but it was so much better than anything else, and Star Wars was so much anticipated that it was downloaded 3.5 million downloaded. Excuse me, 3.5 million times in the first five days. Steve Jobs called it the biggest download in history, wow. and it was uh, it was four. 480 by 216 pixels. That's right. And it came in at 25 megabytes. So this is uh, this is ancient ancient history so, here but really cool. I I downloaded that at my office job, which was one of my first real jobs out of college. I downloaded it on my office computer 
and played it for all my coworkers. And we had to turn in weekly reports of our accomplishments at that point in time to our supervisor. <laughs> and because because I was a dick, I actually put that on there. Said week, weekly accomplishment, download a trail or Star Wars Episode One shared with coworkers. Nice. Hey, it got you to where you are now, buddy. Hey, so I just, that was... I just wanted to prove that that guy never actually read those fucking things. <laughs> <laughs> and did it work? Did he read it? I never, I never heard anything from anybody about that. That's fantastic. And it was considered legend. Wait for it, dairy by all my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> so, if that was the first viral download for all of us, or quite a few of us, what was the second one right after that? Jenny McCarthy. Oh, cool. sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's still Star Wars related, not Jenny McCarthy. Oh gosh, we're gonna get me too. It that was one. the, it was the mock-up or the uh, parody, hmm. Park Wars. The Phantom Menace trailer, all oh. done in South Park style. Oh, if, if you didn't awesome. download it, download it. It's still fantastic. Park Wars. All right, oh, I'll yeah. have to check that. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah. Uh, big news out of Disney also this week. Disney clears the final regulatory hurdle and acquires Fox. As of today, as we're recording the show, yeah. Disney closes $71.3 billion Fox deal creating a global content powerhouse this is as if they weren't a powerhouse before this is hollywoodreporter.com wall street and other experts have lauded the strategic benefits for disney but have also highlighted the cost of launching a streaming service later this year which will be a drag on earnings um i think we were talking pre-show about the percentage of box office that this puts disney in the position of being able to garner something like 30 percent this is um the additional Hulu portion makes takes Disney's stake in the streaming content to 60%. God. Um, using fiscal year 2017 data, Disney said in a regulatory finding that its new assets could quickly add about $19.3 billion to annual revenue and $1.6 billion to net income in that fiscal year. Disney reported $55.1 billion in revenue and $9 billion in net income. Dave, uh, you've you've had a lot of uh, opinions about this one. I'm going to hand this off to you. What does this mean for for fans of of Star Wars and Marvel that it's official? Everything's under one banner, and the banner says Disney. It it means that we're starting a path to a, a grand unification, and by that I mean. Yes, as of now, Kevin Feige can start picking up the phone and start dictating what happens with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Mm. But since Marvel has already planned out probably the next three to four years' worth of movies, that means it's probably going to be 2025, 2024, 2025, before Mm. you really start to see, in a large sense, what the impact of this really is. Mm. Because they already have the 2020 slate ready to go in pre-production. The 2021 slate is going. And they have an arc already planned out beyond that. Mm. So there's going to be some... It's not like they can just drop a Fantastic Four film in tomorrow, necessarily. They might be able to. They might be able to. But let's not count on it just yet. Let's let's temper our expectations so that the worst thing that happens is that they're met. And in terms of Star Wars, it's all back under one roof. I don't know that that means we're going to see like a grand, unified, you know pristine uh, streaming package that you can buy or a nice big box set that you can buy. Mm. I think there are still some some 
contracts that have to run out over the next couple of years that Lucasfilm and Fox had entered into separately before they can start really pulling everything together. But I am going to cross my fingers that there can be a movie event in December where they run the prequel trilogy night one, they run the original trilogy night two, and then they give us the sequel trilogy culminating in the world premiere of episode nine on night Three. I'm going to cross my fingers that Disney can find a way to make that happen. Oh, yeah, I think you can bank on that. I mean, that's, it, that's brilliant. It, it, and it just, yeah, and it just depends on how the distribution rights all play out. Just because Disney now owns Fox, if Fox had reached some kind of separate licensing agreement with a, a third party, Disney might not be able to assume control right away. So we'll just... We have to wait and we have to let it all play out because for some legal and regulatory reasons, the sides weren't able to really, truly talk and mesh and think these things out. So even if Fege and Kathleen Kennedy have ideas of what they want to do today, this you know the day that we're taping on, that was the first day that they could ever actually truly pick up a phone, start talking to somebody and seeing how reasonable their thought process really was. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I want to I'm going to jump in on that just you know, Dave makes a lot of sense and I agree with a lot of what he's talking about, but I want to say this. Let's let's not play safe right now, Dave. I'm going to be the not safe guy right now because here's the thing with Kevin and all those people you were just talking about, they weren't playing safe when they were talking about Spider-Man and they were talking to Sony. This is 20, 20th Century Fox and this was a buyout that was in the works. So I have a feeling, my my personal feeling on this is that Kevin knew what was going on and does have a plan set ahead. Does that mean we're not going to see something until 2025? Who knows? My feeling is is they may have been prepared enough. Kevin's that smart. I mean, we have 21 Marvel movies, including Spider-Man, which is owned by Sony, back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. all happened within the last 10 years. Kevin could have been sitting down. You're right. I, I agree with what you're saying, Dave, but there could have been a plan put in motion on the back burner ready for this to go. So it, it yeah it is possible I the reason I'm skeptical of it is I'm hearing some thoughts I'm hearing some rumors out there yeah. that they've already kind of changed what their storytelling process is for the next round of Marvel movies whereas we had these kind of phase one phase two phase three with a, a, a trilogy of arcs if you will you know yeah. moving towards something and it's it sounds like what I'm hearing is after in uh, endgame, they're just moving to a flatter production model. It's not going to be phase four. It's just here's a slate of movies for the next couple of years, and it's building towards something, and it's a mix of these cosmic stories like you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and the Eternals and these really Earth-based stories like mm. Black Widow and Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. And they're, they're kind of moving away from the arc. Now, to your point, though, to build on what you're saying, yeah, it's very possible that they could say something like, hey, we... You know, we know we're going to have these things, and we know it's going to be far enough out that we don't need to have all the details. But our next big bad is going to be Doctor Doom, or our next big bad is going to be Magneto, because that is very plausible that they can just start dropping little seed scenes in for that over the next couple of years. That want... doesn't that didn't require a lot of forethought or planning. So I, I really want to build on something you're talking about, Dave, because uh, this is why I've kind of come to this opinion is because of what you just said about the two types of films that they're talking about and the change of format of the films 
What I've also heard in the rumor mill is that there is a big bad in the works, and it does go along the lines, much like Thanos, who gets introduced slowly over time, but this person is huge. And we know, and I'm using the term huge because we know that this person is huge in this Marvel universe. Is the, um... Is just it bigger than a baby's arm? <laughs> a little bit more than that. Just a little bit more. <laughs> However, um, this would this big bad would definitely incorporate... Just say Galactus. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, don't be damn coy. It. <laughs> I mean, we were getting into some other Marvel Why stuff. Why are you so. being coy? God, Throw it out there. You're right. So if that's the case, and we're talking about some some uh, uh, like more uh, movies that are based like Guardians out in the, the different universes mm. and stuff... This could be a great way of introducing the Fantastic Four, whether it be something like, you know, um, Black Panther in a Captain America film. You could start to introduce this family that we've known. We know the history of them, so you don't have to do a Spider-Man introduction and really incorporate them into the next wave of Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let me. I think we're saying the same thing, actually, Scott. I just think we're saying it a little differently. So let me let me try to bridge the gap here. Let me put on my my United Nations hat real quick. It's very possible that we will see these Fox stable of characters introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in short order. But it's also very probable that you may not see a specific film, a la a Fantastic Four film or an X-Men film, until four or five years out. Yeah. Okay. Would Would that... I feel like we're kind of saying the same thing. We're just saying it a little, little yeah, different. Yeah, I'm on board with that. And actually, just to add one little extra thing, if they wrap up however they're handling the X-Men, I'm okay with that. I want to see how they try and do this Phoenix saga thing that they're going to do. But really, I'm actually more excited if they continue with this as the New Mutants series. I mm. think well, if they keep it dark and creepy and they don't shelf that thing, I'll be happy. So one one question I have about that. So to build on the X-Men thing real quick. Yeah. I actually think that real events may force a hand on X-Men being rebooted cuz I'm pretty sure that Brian Singer has to be credited as an executive producer on anything that uses the current X-Men movie continuity <clears throat> under Fox. And since uh, Brian Singer is currently under legit accusations of pedophilia. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. actually having done something. I, I suspect that Disney is going to want to just reboot so they can move entirely away from having to have his name anywhere on the credits. And if he's at all involved in New Mutants as a producer, that means this movie will be a one-and-done that's coming out this year. Is he, though? Is he on I, New I don't know. I, I haven't checked. Yeah, I haven't either. That's how much research I've put into this show tonight. <laughs> well, actually, one thing I wanted to piggyback on something you said a few minutes ago, Dave, was that you mentioned Shang-Chi. And yes, the master is, of kung fu. And there is news out of uh, out of Disney that Marvel Shang Chi. This is reading from HollywoodReporter.com. Director, uh, they set the director uh, Destin Daniel Cretton has been named the director of Shang Chi. Now, I I don't I have no idea. You know me; I'm not the comic book guy. What is Shang Chi? It looks really well, really cool. He's obviously, a master of kung fu. Do you pay attention? Fu. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Come on. But so, come on, guys. Give me, give me, give me some love here. So, there, but there's more. Okay. Have you been paying attention to this podcast over the last eighty-four episodes? Wait a minute. We're doing a podcast. What? I. So, is this modeled after 
like I mean I, I I didn't even know there was a kung fu comic. I had no idea so, what what is this thing. Iron so, Fist. Holy crap. You, you, oh. Okay, Iron Fist is a whole that's a whole nother thing. That's yeah. a whole nother conversation right there. I know. But but mm. there was so there was a, a desire to kind of get into the the kung fu market that was a little little popular, the little subgenre that was going on in the 1970s. Okay. And that and Shang-Chi was one of the characters that that Marvel spun out. He's probably one of the most well-known, and I can illustrate that by the fact you've never heard of him. Uh, but he's a, a well-remembered character by long-term, you know, long-suffering fans like uh, myself and Scott and Greg. Uh, his original series, if I remember right, ran for 125 issues into the mid-80s, which is a wow. very respectable run. Yeah, yeah. And it was written by some of the some very well-regarded writers of of the era for Marvel as well. So this is separate from Avengers. It's not part of the Avengers universe. Yeah. No, it is part of the Avengers universe. Oh, everything yeah, in the Marvel it, it's universe. Part of the Marvel oh, okay. Comics universe. Like everybody exists in the same place, even same plane, even like GI Joe and and yeah. and uh, the the ROM and the Micronauts. And so that allows them a lot of crossover opportunities. Do we do we mm-hmm. think we're going to see Shang Chi in as an Avenger or interacting with the Avengers? Maybe someday, depending on how they they want to play the Avengers franchise coming out of this. Uh, okay. Brian Michael Bendis as a writer. You know the ubiquitous Marvel writer that he was for most of the 21st century. I think he did have Shang Chi in one of his Avengers incarnations at one point. He definitely rebooted the character in Ultimate Spider-Man, which was actually pretty amusing. Watching a teenage Spider-Man trying to deal with a legit martial artist who actually knows how to fight. Come on, Dave. Come on, a master of kung fu. Get it straight. <laughs> hey, come on. So, without getting too convoluted on Dave this... Dave never pays attention. No, 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 no. Without getting too convoluted on this, yeah. the Avengers but have a, rota- a rotating cast of characters that come in and out. That's why you're seeing so many changes happen in the, in the cinematic universe, okay. but not nearly as much as what you see in the actual comics. So much yeah. so that the Avengers mm-hmm. split off titles multiple times. So you have Avengers, you have Secret Avengers, you have West mm. Coast Avengers. Mm. It became this massive thing where most of the characters at some point all became parts of the Avengers team. Still um, not as bad as the X-Men, though. No, yeah, the X-Men, holy crap, that's a, that. <laughs> you want to talk about 150 million characters, just read mm. 10 years of X-Men. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, so even X-Men characters would cross over with the Avengers. So there's always yep. team-ups. Wow. And as far as I know, and, and again, I, there was a lot of comic book reading, so forgive me, Dave, I know, and Greg... You guys are going to rip on me if I forget this, but Spider-Man never officially became an Avenger. Avenger through most of the time I read it, not was... yeah, it's not until recently. Yeah, like like not... after after like two thousand. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Be- Bendis made him an Avenger. So okay, yes, Spider-Man flirted for a long time with being in the Avengers, and right. and honestly, one of my favorite Spider-Man stories is uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Three from uh, sixty-three or sixty-four. Where the, Aven- where the Avengers that. tried to recruit him. It's uh, great Stan Lee, great John Romita Jr. art. Oh. Just just fantastic about how the sto- how it doesn't come together. One how Spider-Man yeah. just, del- just out of his own sense of personal responsibility 
completely misinterprets what the Avengers are doing, goes a different direction, and that's why he never winds up joining the team. Which was fascinating when you see that happen in the films for a split second or a minute or whatever, when he rejects the suit from Tony Stark is kind of that moment for me as a comic book reader. It's like Spider-Man never was an Avenger. He would team up with them, he'd help them out, or they'd come ask him for certain things, but that's it. You know, so to see that it, happen, although it was the Iron Spider suit, which was yeah. kind of cool. And then he he joined Iron the Avengers Spider. in Bendis's incarnation because Bendis was looking at what DC was doing at the time with their Justice League incarnation, where Grant Morrison had uh, written a very very successful, still very well regarded run. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the the Adam versus Dark Side in uh, Volume Three of that is still one of my favorite superhero fights, badass moments I've ever read in a comic book, but total non sequitur but the concept of the justice league for grant morrison was the magnificent seven you take the seven biggest names that dc comics has and they are the justice league yeah. and brian michael bendis said why are the avengers why are they always these second string characters why don't we just take all of the big names and make them avengers so it's now spider-man and wolverine and iron man and it it seemed like a horrible idea someone who loved the Avengers at the time, and Bendis turned in, turned out and made it really, really good and very, very readable and interesting. Awesome. And that's how Spider-Man became an Avenger. Wow. Awesome. I always learn so much from you guys about this stuff. It's this is good stuff, fascin- man. It was better than soap operas. That's all. It's amazing the depth that, that the Marvel Universe goes. I, it's shocking to me that no one figured this out prior to Disney. Like, they just hit what did they pay for Marvel? Six billion or something? Like four billion, I think. Four, four billion was Star Wars. It was yeah. about the same as Star Wars. It was a little bit. They more. are. Yeah. They it, it, they they hit the jackpot. It's incredible. Oh yeah. Well, I think I think it also plays into the fact that like all the people who are making these movies are you know guys who are our age, and so they're yeah. the guys who are running these industries right now. You know, yeah. it's kind of how musicals became popular it's how westerns became popular it's how gangster movies became popular i mean who's who's controlling what's being made right now and right yeah. now the people who are controlling things are the people who primarily read comic books when they were a kid yeah. so and right. and the tech and the technology is finally there to do these types of movies yeah, yeah. you, you kind of the... hit this this critical mass about 15 16 years ago where there used to be kind of these analog things. Like I, I argue Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the modern pop culture first renaissance, you know, pop culture renaissance beginning of the superhero genre. Hmm. Because the technology wasn't quite there to do superhero movies at that point, so you did it like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All the conventions of a traditional superhero exist in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. And that kind of primed the pump for... And now we're going to try an X-Men movie. And now we're going to try a Spider-Man movie. And now we're off to the races because the technology has caught up to the storytelling mediums that we want. It's the perfect storm of great it, superhero storytelling right now. Yeah. Uh, for cinema, it certainly. Really is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, talking about great cinema, we need to spend some significant time. We had a major Marvel release since the last show. Uh, since the last episode of the Wretched High podcast, Captain Marvel hit the theaters, and I've been dying to talk to you guys about this. 
So although although did you say hit on Captain Marvel like early on in the show? <laughs> You're like we're gonna hit on this and then we're gonna hit on Captain Marvel and I was like Probably. wow hashtag Me Too there. Steve. Yeah, Steve just had his own Me Too Me <laughs> totally Too un- moment totally right there. Totally unintentional Great. Me Too there. Brie Larson's coming after us now. That's she's awesome. welcome on the show anytime. She as, is. as, as long as it's not Goose. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that haven't seen Captain Marvel, Nico or Nico, this is for you. <clears throat> Yeah, that is a lot. It's just an excuse to play the whole thing. That's right. So spoilers coming. Yeah. Don't blame us if you get spoiled. If you haven't seen the movie yet, Nico. Well, Nico, Nico can blame us. That's yeah, okay. Well, well, Nico blames us for everything. Might not be your fault, but I'm still. <laughs> That's right. All right. So Captain Marvel. First of all, as we always are want to do, we've got to talk about the box office. This is this was a fun movie. I enjoyed it a lot. And so did a lot of other people. Seven hundred and sixty million thus far worldwide. Actually, currently, I'm looking at is that box, more than that? Yeah. Boxofficemojo.com. As of the recording of this show on March twentieth at uh, ten fifty two p.m., worldwide take seven hundred ninety six million. So we're coming let's, up. On let's just million. let's just round it up to seven ninety seven. All right, well, yeah, we're seven nine six nine eight. It's literally seventeen thousand dollars short. <laughs> Let's go see. The Do you think they'll make we'll it? it over the top. I think they're going to make it. Uh, it's going to be close. Well, the I question think they, they they might make it by lunchtime tomorrow. So this is uh, second weekend in a row. Captain Marvel topped the weekend box office. It's now posted over uh, almost eight hundred million. Uh, overall, the weekend ended up topping the same weekend as last year for the second straight week as both. Wonder Park and Five Feet Apart outperformed expectations. Those are other movies. But Captain Marvel crushing it at the box office. To fair reviews, the reviews for this movie have been fair. And I think, Greg, you you said it best when we were, uh, when we got together last weekend. Good, not great. Yep. And I, that's what I've, I've, I've uh, borrowed your, your one liner from, uh, to, to share with a lot of people that have asked me what I thought. Um, Yeah. I, I want. I wanted to get into it with you though, uh, a little bit more, Scott. You. I just jump wanna, in. Uh, yeah, I want to jump in on what you just said right there. I was not with you guys, so I don't know what your thoughts or feelings are on this film. We haven't really discussed. We haven't talked in detail. So this will be the first time all of us kind of sit down and have it. Yeah. Except Nico. So exactly. N- Nico loves it. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, let let's start with Greg. Greg, you. you your your one liner, good not great, I think is perfect. Why why do you give it a good not great? Um, well, and when I say good not great, it's not like I was disappointed in the movie at all. It just it it hit all the beats of a superhero origin story. Tell you told you everything you needed to know about the character. Uh, it was paced in a in a way, or it was the story was structured in a way that it would stand alone on its own, meaning you don't have to see all of the other Marvel movies to understand who's who and what's going on and what are all these things that are happening here. And it also plays in that there's a lot of things to look at for people who are into the Marvel movies and have seen everything going coming into it, which most of us have at this point. It's hard not to... It's hard to avoid that. Yeah. So it where it does not hit great for me is the story I didn't feel was very memorable. 
Uh, it's not something that I'm going to like. I have I have problems bringing up details of the story even now. And I was just yeah. like two weeks ago that I saw it. Um, and I just remember like things happened, but I don't remember the major story beats of, that that occurred. So, <laughs> Dave Potter, what are you laughing about? I don't know if you're good. There was a story, and I remember that things happened. I just don't remember what all of those all of those were exactly. Yeah, exactly, it's it's not very memorable, um, yeah. and that's fine. I don't I don't need to be I don't need to remember every detail of the movie. It was just it was just okay. So. But I enjoyed my two hours in the theater, so there you go. Okay. All right, so you were entertained, mm-hmm. but it wasn't one that you... Will you see it again in the theater? The second uh, time? I may, because my wife did not go with us to see it, so okay. I, may go, I may go with her before we go see Endgame. All right. So I've been, I've been dying to throw this out to you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, um, with Dave on this. Dave, friend of the show, Chris sent me a text after he saw the movie. This is Wait, he... is it an official Lucasfilm release? <laughs> I still have to pull that. Damn. I was going to say, we still don't have that clip yet. No, <laughs> work on it. I got to get our intern on that. Uh, Chris Evans writes... Thoughts Captain on... America himself. Yes, the Chris Evans. Thoughts on Captain Marvel. I know who... I know your serious comic buds, meaning you guys, are going to struggle with the make with making the skulls refugees. Scrolls. 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 My bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> we just outgeeked each other right there. Uh, <laughs> Dave, is there an issue? Do you have an issue with the way they handled the scrolls in this film? I do not have an issue with the way they handled the scrolls in this film. The scrolls are one of the original alien races of the Marvel Universe. Scrolls first appearance, Fantastic Four number two. Marvel Universe launched with Fantastic Four number one. So they've been there virtually, virtually since the beginning. 1961? They might have been January 1962. Okay. It's possible. All right. But virtually since the beginning. And the Scroll Empire has been through a lot of highs and a lot of lows yes. since 19, the early 1960s. So where we find the Skrull race in Captain Marvel, I don't have a big problem with it because they could have been on one of those other highs or lows at any time prior to that. And just because they're where they were in Captain Marvel, which is set like 24 years before the present-day Marvel Cinematic Universe... It doesn't mean that something else might not have happened. I I actually think the Skrulls are very well positioned as a race to, you know, do a secret invasion storyline, or if Galactus is really going to be a big bad, Galactus could come in and uh, have a very significant event in Skrull history happen for us in real time on the screen, which is uh, Galactus eating the Skrull homeworld. Yes. Oh, does that actually uh, happen in the that, comics? He eats the that, world? That hap- yeah, that's highs and lows. The Skrulls were one of the major <laughs> intergalactic empires in the Marvel Universe until Galactus showed up and ate their planet like a fucking cheeseburger. Yeah. And <laughs> and devastated them, and they've never been a uh, a massive a, a massive thing since then. But that turned, you know, 20 years later into a lead into one of Brian Michael Bendis' great multi-line crossovers for Marvel, The Secret Invasion. Which was this idea that since the Skrulls are shapeshifters, what if they decide they want Earth to be their next home? And they've spent the last several years infiltrating Earth and taking over, you know, 
key identities, including key identities of superheroes. And in one of the great reveals that kicked the storyline off, a Marvel hero was killed and the corpse became a scroll. And suddenly everybody's looking at everybody else like, you've been acting weird this month, man. I don't know if you're really who you say you are. And nobody trusted anybody, and that's when the alien ship landed and took over the planet. Huh. Nice. So it's that's a long-winded answer to Chris Evans' question. I liked the idea. It's a kind of a different take in Captain Marvel on where the, you know, where the scrolls are, but it leaves things just perfectly open for a lot of other storylines involving the scrolls in the future. Absolutely. And let's give it up for Ben Mendelsohn not dying in this movie also. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was different. That was different. <laughs> nice nice play on Disney's part putting exactly. Ben Mendelsohn in this movie as possibly what we all thought was the bad guy playing a good guy. Right. I love the twist on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that was so, my and, next question. And, and and one of the funniest lines in the movie too is when he says like who wants who would want or why would you want to change into a filing cabinet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, scrolls, I'm going to add on to Dave's yeah. thing real quick. Yep. I actually, they were one of the better parts of the film for me. Um, they could have been a very two-dimensional throwaway entire race species mm. of possible bad guys or villains. Uh, great way uh, Disney played that out. I really like, or, or whoever wrote the story on that, I haven't checked to see who the actual writer was. Wonderful uh, twist on that. Made okay. those characters so much more Love the parts of the refugees on the ship. Uh, I like the concept of it. All right. Um, but so, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I but I need to back it up because I want to intro something that I really loved about this film. This yeah. film to me, I'm on. Greg and I argue a lot on this show. No, we do. No, we don't. We do. Liar. But we I've... really, we really do love each other. We're we're not like Porg and Steve love, but mm. but a bit, I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. I am on board. Yeah, Can we just have that go for the rest of the show? That'd be fantastic. Sure. I love that sound. Porg waiting. Um, I am so on board with Steve's uh, uh, with uh, Greg's review on this. Um, I thought this movie was good. I did not think it was great. I did not think it was in the top five. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of problems with the way that it was told. There was a lot of jump cutting back and forth. I, I understand that they have to do that. There's great moments in the film, but it doesn't leave to lead me to an overall um, feeling of greatness. Like I walked away just thinking that was an amazing Marvel film. So much missed opportunities and misconnection with characters and their development i had problems with certain people and the way they kind of interacted with each other kind of left things hanging um especially captain marvel with some of her you know as she's getting her memories back and kind of figuring out who she was these are people that she you know all thought was dead and i could care less about how they all interacted with each other for Christ's sakes, the woman comes back and you guys are just like, eh, whatever. All right. Hey, nice kid. All right. Oh, yeah. it's your kid's name's Photon. Great. Uh, you know, it's just those little things. I'm like, you could have spent 15 more minutes and built a little more character <clears throat> development on those people. However, let's back it up real quick. This was an amazing tribute to Stan Lee. That's my biggest thing out of yes. this. Um, the opening sequence with the the Marvel fantastic. opening with the different shots of Stan that was that was amazing. And and this is me. I know all of us want to talk about each one of these. This is me personally. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Huge. So the throwback to Stanley on the subway 
is one of my all-time now it is absolutely my all-time favorite Stan Lee cameo. Nice. That is him reading the script to Mallrats, which was one of his very first early movie appearances given to him by Kevin Smith and he's actually reading the lines he read in the movie in 1995 for Mallrats. Better part of that is what Kevin did for that was hmm. to call Kevin the other Kevin Smith up and get the alternate takes of him reading those lines in the different takes from Universal to read different versions as you're walking through the subway. Those are his outtakes that you're hearing and not the lines from the actual film. Oh, wow. No kidding. Such a deep cut. It's so fantastic. Thank you, Marvel, for doing that. That's very cool. That is cool. I had two things that I wanted to to build on with uh, Greg's good not not great comment. Yeah. So I agreed with him that the story structure was a little a little rough on the front end. I, I and Greg, you and I we we saw it together and we talked about it afterwards and we both correct me if I'm wrong, we were both kind of agreeing that the first like 20, 25 minutes you're like, what what is going on here? I'm yeah. not sure what's happening. Yeah. And I felt like if they had marketed the movie a little differently and set us up for what that was, I think it would have felt better. I I just feel like in it if there had been a tagline for the movie that was something like, you know, Captain Marvel, a Kree warrior is marooned on Earth and discovers she's actually come home. If that had been mm. the tagline, like the lead-in for what's going on, it would have worked a little more for me. Because I went into the movie thinking, oh yeah, it's Carol Danvers. She's a human. We, you know, we know this. And I was, it was very confusing for me to orient myself to what was going on and how yeah. the storyline was going to progress. And I, I'll, I'll jump on that. I, as someone who has no idea what the story's about, who Carol Danvers is, who this, the, the, the Cree, Screes and the, 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 Cree, and the, the, the Cree and the Scrolls. Scrolls. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, I was completely confused. Yeah. I mean, I, and I was trying hard to pay attention and I'm with you. Yeah. I couldn't follow it. Yeah. So here's my other larger kind of thing that bugged me about it, and I didn't put this all together until a couple days after I saw it, mm-hmm. but I felt like Brie Larson's performance was not terribly emotive, that there was not a lot of range to it. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. it really bothered me because I know what a tremendous actress she is. And then I kind of realized that, wait a minute, Samuel L. Jackson, who is you know a very expressive actor, his his performance didn't have a range that you would normally expect either. And I thought this might have something to do with the de-aging software that was used for both of them to make them look 20 years younger. Yeah. And if that's, so I'm looking forward to seeing Endgame because I want to see if Brie Larson does some more, you know, emotive, subtle acting things with her face. Cause if that's the case, then my opinion of Captain Marvel changes a little bit because now that's just, it's something that happened in the effect process. It wasn't a decision made by the director or the actor. It's just, how the product is. That's that's an interesting point. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but that is exactly how I felt walking out of this. I was not engaged by the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I walked out of it. You go see Black Panther. And if, even if you don't like the film, the acting in that movie is an incredible by everybody. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to watch a movie that's chopped up for the first 20, 25 minutes. That was really hard. We're comic book fans. Steve. So I'm watching it. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm sitting here like, I know this is supposed to take place in the past. I know who Carol Danvers is. I know who Marvell is. um, Although that's been switched in the movie. Um, I know all these different lead-ins to this film and I'm still watching it going, 
what in the hell is happening? Plus the foreshadowing with the battle between her and, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? Um, oh, God. Um, I don't know, the Emperor from Gladiator. No, the, yeah, what the, what the, the act, oh, God. The guy that ends up being the bad guy. Is uh, it, is it Ronan? No, no. I want to talk about Ronan. I do Jan, too. The Jan Rar, Jan yeah. Rog? Yeah, Jan, yeah. Jan, Jan oh, Obscure, obscure Jan character pull, by the way, by, by the writing staff. Yeah. But again, it's like you see him, uh, uh, well, Judd, Judd Law, right? Judd yeah. Law. Yeah. So the foreshadowing, that fight sequence that's happening, you're being told basically what's going to happen at the end of this film. Yeah. And when the fight happens at the end of the film, I'm just like, wow, that was the shittiest fight ever. Like, mm. I really <laughs> didn't care about that fight. I was, right. And I'm, I'm, I took my son to go see that. And we still have this kind of bond of seeing Marvel films together. And he's, being nice and generous to go see these because he probably doesn't want to be hanging out with dad doing this but we had a great discussion afterwards he's like was it me dad or was that fight just you know shit you're talking about the one with jude law and he says something like i want you to prove to me that and she just like decks him with her you know right super punch so the big (laughs) twist is he's gonna like he's gonna he's gonna uh gaslight her back into the the same old routine from the beginning i'm like that's the whole thing is he's been gaslighting her to believe to not use her full powers much like professor x does with gene gray in the x-men series and he's gonna do that again in the worst possible dialogue you could do i mean a five-year-old could figure out this guy's an asshole and not like seriously believe you're gonna try and trick me right now and then yeah. the stupid corny blast and then she sends the ship off like it's bouncing away like it's in a cartoon from the 1930s what yeah. was going on there no it was it was it was kind of like the indiana jones moment from the original raiders of the lost ark where the guy pops out with the sword and does the trick and harrison ford just takes out his gun uh, and shoots him right and moves yeah. on to the next thing yeah she's Done. like i don't know I, I mean i get what you're saying the moment Again, I say it was a good movie, not a great movie. The moment worked for me, but it didn't hit the high that I they were really shooting for with it. Yeah, yeah but Dave, let's. I want to. Re- I know you. Everyone wants to jump in on, but it, that moment in Raiders, it, that's how you pull that moment off. With this moment, you're supposed to have this actor who's going to be the most powerful Marvel character of all time. You could have that moment, but you have Jude Law, you know, showcasing for the camera at that moment, and it you lose it. I, lo- I was lost to that moment. That moment was, I was like, wow, I hope she's good in Endgame because this, I can't believe this. Like, that's how it ended. Mm. Other things saved it for me because I know that it ties into the rest of the saga right. or the series. But those little moments, like, wow, this this could have been a lot better. <laughs> like, All right. What did you guys think about Nick Fury's eye and how they explained that with the cat? I thought it was just fine. Okay. I, you know, it's it, I. It, Is that a big continuity shift for it from the? Um, oh Jesus! The I don't even know how Nick Fury lost his eye in the comic books. Yeah, I don't you, even know. You know what? You're talking about a much bigger thing here because there are two Nick Furies and whoa, Sam Jackson is not yeah. the original Nick Fury. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, although they build a lot of his storyline because of this past thing. He talks a little bit, I think, in the story about him having military background. He's mm. kind of getting out of the game until he's kind of brought into this whole thing. And But uh, it's not about the I moment. It's more about the cat. Another moment I absolutely yeah. loved. Yeah. Uh, Chewie in the comics, Goose in the movie, yeah. both co-pilots um, or wingmans or whatever whatever you want to call them. But yeah. uh, 
I had no idea. When I saw the cat on the in the trailers, we talked about it on the show. I was excited. I know what a flurkin is. I, I was like, this is going to happen. Mm. Maybe it won't happen, but they just put this little thing in for all of us hardcore geeks. When that thing flurkin the shit out on screen, I was having <laughs> a geek gasm like you've never seen. I was like, oh my God, and just tearing people up. I'm like, this is great. That's, that's why your son doesn't want to hang out with you in the theater, Scott. You know <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> See, it's oh. funny because I I was not moved by that at all. I was I, I To me, it looked cheesy. But, okay, you really should see the comic. You can yeah. at least appreciate the cheesiness because it looks like the comic. Okay. It looks like this giant tentacled beaked tooth thing that goes crazy like an octopus on fucking yeah. crap. It's like, some, it's like something out of Stranger Things. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, I just I loved Samuel L. Jackson though, right afterwards. It's like I'm going to pick you up now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I wanted to talk about Ronan, the character Ronan. Who is Ronan the accuser and why is he significant to this universe? Well, he's a Cree. Okay. And he's in this moment. That was a weird thing for me because if you see Ronan obviously in Guardians and somebody's going to correct me on this because I can't remember I haven't watched the first Guardians in, in quite a few months now, but doesn't he have the the face war paint blood on his face through the whole film, or at least a good portion of it? So yeah, here... that's because they're they're the the accusers are kind of like the warrior priest kind of zealots, right? right? Mm. Yeah. So there's there's the Cree race, and yeah. then there's different factions of the Cree race, and so the accusers okay. are all kind of like crazy. So. This has obviously this is in the past, but he comes on the screen. He's got the same headdress. He's still got all that stuff, and I'm like, you look kind of like something's wrong, like bad CGI or Mm. bad makeup. And I realized he didn't have the war paint or the blood or whatever on his face. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. There were moments during that whole thing too where she uh, she starts glowing and taking out ships and stuff and. There was just kind of a weird moment hmm. with that. Well, I like the actor, Lee Pace, that plays yeah. Ronan. I think he's great, and uh, I want to see more of that character. He, I, I like. I think he's pretty badass. Well, he is dead now. Now, yes, now. Yeah. Oh, he, was, he was killed okay, in the so dance off to save a, the universe. Yeah. Right, so right, he, right. Okay, yeah, so this is '95. We're watching. Right. With, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Time travel is a bitch, Steve. I get it. It's very confusing. <laughs> What is this? A Star Trek podcast already? We're talking about time travel. I will say I enjoyed just the fact just wait for Endgame, my friend. Better yeah. better read up on quantum theory. Oh yeah, Jesus. seriously. Um, yeah. So are we going to talk about the Endgame trailer too after this, or no, we've got a ton of stuff to talk about on all I can. this. So the the end credit sequence. Let's go into full spoilers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, you that was about, fun. Yeah, we Where do they, have the Endgame moment. They pan around and and uh, Captain Marvel is. Again, I love the the build up because you are getting the uh, the pager, yeah. which is the moment in the film when that gets handed off right. back and forth between the two of them. But I love that she's standing there, and there's that little moment with them. That's going to be hopefully. And Dave, I'm with you on this. Hopefully, she'll be not as uh, stiff <laughs> in this. Mm. But also, I, I like that they have a throwback to the Florican. I love that because if you know what's what's inside that thing, it has... Okay, this ties into the time travel and all the quantum realms is that 
there are pockets inside that thing that wow. have areas that they can store stuff and there's other dimensions, right? Is that correct, Dave? That it has pockets uh, well, of it, dimensions? It, it, it pukes up the Tesseract at the end of the movie. Right. right. Because yeah. it, it took it, the Tesseract. It does, yeah, it doesn't still have the Tesseract in its little Florkin tummy. Right, but inside the Florkin, if I remember correctly about the history of the Florkin, that they actually have pockets of parts of the quantum realm dimensions inside of them. Hmm. That's how they can swallow things that are bigger than they are. Right. Uh, got it. So you're saying Ant-Man could come back through Goose. The, the Goose could play another part in Endgame, hmm. essentially. Which wow. Is great. Can you imagine how freaked the fuck out Nick Fury is going to be if Scott Lang pops out of his cat's mouth in 1995? <laughs> Seriously. That's why... <laughs> Holy shit. He's going to be in therapy for years over that. When I have tried to explain how they have honed in what we know from the comics to what we've seen in the cinematic universe and see it get wider and wider and more uh, immersive and, like, or... Uh, Immersive did you say with, offensive? I did. I'm I'm drinking, so whatever. <laughs> immersive. Seriously, you're gonna go after me with immensive. that. Have you have you not yes, followed our president for the last two years on Twitter? <laughs> uh, but anyway, the the point is is it's fun to see them actually tackling something. I never thought I would see a flurkin on screen. I keep saying this every time a damn movie comes out. Something new is amazing that they're oh. going to do. So, if, if I thought I would wear it, I would buy the T-shirt that's a picture of Goose, just like looking like a you know Morris the Cat from the Nine Lives commercial. But the yeah. caption of the shirt says, "Bring me Thanos." <laughs> <laughs> so, last question on this: Do we know what Carol da- Daver- Davers? Danvers Danvers Do we know what she's been doing between '95 and the time she gets the page in 2019? I think we're going to no. find out. 24 years, 25 years. Well, they kind of allude to She's been fact. off with the, with the scrolls looking for a home world. Right. She okay. kind of takes off on a mission to go you know, fix that problem, fix yeah. that issue there. Uh, I think there's more that happens. I would like to know how that doesn't just take 25 years. With yeah. the power she has, she can do everything instantly. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. It would be fun to see. All and right. game's going to be interesting. So good, not great. It sounds like we all agree. Yeah. All right. A worthy enough. addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, not in the top five. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And when I say good, not great, I, I I don't mean it's bad by any stretch. It's it's a good yeah. movie. I would see it again. Probably not in theaters, but I would definitely see it again. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, one final story. Sorry, Greg. Did you have another comment? No, that was Nico. Oh, sorry, Nico. Yeah, Yeah, that's all right. As you can say, after listening to all of this, I am thoroughly not disappointed in the fact that I've not yet seen it. And I don't think you should be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, are we going to talk about the Endgame trailer, or are we just going to pass that up? I I think we're going to pass that up, because I think it's more important that we talk a little bit about James Gunn. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Final story about Marvel. James Gunn rehired by his former employer and now current employer Disney. Thanks Greg. Announced that uh, You're they welcome. acquiesced to is my it fair boycott. To say, is it fair to say they acquiesced to fan pressure? Say Greg's boycott, yes. Greg, what do you what say you're the one that started this off, Greg? What what do you what did Disney do here? Did they make the right move by hiring James Gunnbeck? I think we were all on board back in what was that July June of yeah. last year when they yeah. when they fired him. Yeah. Uh, I think we were all on board with the fact that that 
his apology, his explanation of, of his past behavior and his apology, again, for his past behavior, were enough to warrant the fact that he is is allowed, quote-unquote, to work on this franchise still. There's nothing he need to, needed to make penance for. There was no price he needed to pay. He just simply should have been rehired. There was no reason to, to dig up this stuff from the past that was obviously offensive, but he had he had a a valid story for it and had moved on and didn't try to dismiss it and 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 discounted it for the awfulness that was contained within um, and had moved on. And that's what we all needed to do, and that's finally what Disney realized, and they moved on as well. And and to James Gunn's credit. He didn't say a word about, did not actually post anything on Twitter until from a couple days after yeah. um, he was fired from Guardians. Never made a comment, never made any, any, didn't do anything on Twitter. Looks like he actually had just logged off of Twitter completely until they made the announcement and then he was just simply, it was a statement of thanks. There was a, a, a few sentences of a statement of thanks for welcoming him, you know, for coming back on board. But it stayed silent about the whole situation. Let's just let it play out. Didn't campaign for it. Didn't you know make any big waves about it. Didn't say, ha ha, I'm off to do Suicide Squad now, which he's still going to complete as well. So yeah. kudos to him. He's going to be making the jump from the from the MCU over to the DCU and back again. So. I've got his tweet here, um, Greg. He says that this is from March 15th. Uh, this is at James Gunn on Twitter. I am tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months. I'm always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being I can be. I deeply appreciate Disney's decision, and I'm excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love that bind us all. I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Love to you all. Classy. Nice. Yeah. Boycott officially lifted. Love it. So I, I have to say, I don't know that it was Greg Glenn's boycott that really moved Disney on this one. I, I, sus oh, I suspect on. it was I Blast suspect part of it part of it was due to the fact that there was no other worthy director that was going anywhere near this project. And that mm. is the boycott that I think gave Disney some pause. And allowed them to correctly reevaluate what happened. Because to Greg's point, James Gunn went through a valid growth arc between the actions, the reprehensible actions that occurred in the past, and who he is as a person today. Mm -hmm. And you absolutely need to allow people to have the space to go through a growth arc and be a better person. And good it, on Disney for recognizing that, recognizing that, and and bringing him back in. You got to hand it, it to them. You do, and I I have read reports that suggest that what you were talking about earlier, Steve, how Gunn handled himself yeah. after this. Yeah, you know what? That, is, that, that was the big thing that swayed Alan Horn on, is this, the, is this the right decision? Is this a palatable decision to make? To now, go Scott, back on what we did. I think Scott disagrees with, with the, uh, my assessment here. What, do, what, do you, what have you got against Disney here, Scott? They made the right move. Don't ask him that question, Disney. Okay, Don't ask him I'm that sorry. question. I'm sorry. No, listen. Focus on this issue, if not If they would have had the, the balls yeah. to look into this 
and not react. They are an overreactive child in this case. They would have seen this ahead of time. If the guy made these statements 10 years ago, made the official apologies, talked about the issues that he had, and went through 10 years of growth, and then Disney reacts, this is why I have problems with this company. But doesn't this, can't you apply the same principle to Disney as we just applied to James Gunn? Maybe Disney's growing here. So, so what you're, so what you're saying, yeah, that, that's Steve. You just actually made my point. Point. There's, there's no, the fact that they waited this long. And granted, I would agree with you that they waited too long to do this, but they finally did it. So, can't we give them any credit for that? Oh, I'm glad he's back. I'm, I'm glad he's back. Mm-hmm. That's not. And can't we give Disney. Disney credit for that too? No, you know who I'm they're... giving credit. You, Greg, Steve, thank you, all of us. <laughs> Here's why I'm giving you credit because we, not the multi-billion dollar company took the two seconds it did to research this and realize oh this guy didn't really make a mistake he had an issue in the past talked about it discussed it with people and hey a bunch of guys running a podcast figured it out but not (laughs) disney it took them a whole freaking year and a bunch of speculation and guess what james gunn the classy guy stayed off of twitter didn't talk about it. He said his piece when he originally had the problems, and it's done. Stop giving Disney the credit. Make them earn the $24 trillion that they make. Stop this. I'm, 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 right. I'm, I'm spanking my, my co-host here because you Whoa, guys need to don't, stop giving. Don't go spanking. No. So, so apparently no. the Scott the Scott Evansky, Scott Watch 2019 involves him not going to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 when it comes out in 2021. How no, dare you, Disney, do the I... thing that I wanted you to do but not do it fast <laughs> enough. I am happy that James will be directing this. I'm happy. I like a lot of stuff from Disney, but I don't like these types of decisions. They don't make them properly. They don't. Seriously, they have a crew. Okay, here's a great example. Let's do a quick comparison. We know that there is a version of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi out there called the Despecialized Editions, put together by what? One guy in Harmy. Europe, right? What's his name? Harmy. Okay. That's what he goes by. It's Harmy, yeah. What does Harmy this have to do, Man friend Jen. What does this have to do Harmy. with James Gunn and Disney? One guy can sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to take the time, the effort, the resources, talk to a few friends, and put together an unbelievable presentation of the films we all grew up and loved. Disney, that has hundreds of thousands of employees and money to back them, and the resources, they own the damn company, they now own 20th Century Fox, won't put out the damn full official versions of these movies. But one guy, who's right, who's right? Well, Scott, 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 Greg, no, Scott. That that decision had nothing to do with Disney. The the Blu-rays came out during the Lucas era still. Um, yeah. So that's all. That's so. One guy decided not to do it. Oh man! <laughs> this road. Truth hurts, doesn't it, Scott? Disney still bought the rights to all of this stuff and has the rights and, and now actually owns everything. Right. But even in that process, could have started a process, could have started a process. Just like maybe, Kevin maybe Feige. there's a clause in the contract that says, you will never release the religion, original theatrical editions. 
It doesn't exist until I can see it in front of my face. But don't and you? Has, and whenever they open the contract, it comes out in that voice too. It's like you are with me, man. It's like, like one of those cars. <laughs> I was that say that. Yeah, that's awesome. But okay, okay. Do, doesn't doesn't the, isn't this Disney eating some crow pie here though? If they yes. did, I'd be feel, yes. I'd feel better. It's huge. It's a huge slice of crow pie, Scott. If they got up there and said it, I'd feel better about it. But they don't because they're hiding behind their money. They don't have to say it. They rehired him. No, that that's great. <laughs> Look, I I appreciate I appreciate the moral position that you're taking. Yeah. I actually do. But for the record, if I had that much money, I'd hide behind it too. <laughs> then I would respect you, man. Get, Bob Iger, get up and just say, "Hey, man, you know what? Bob we Iger. just we made the wrong choice on this, but we did some research, and that's it." No, you can you can we can put that back in. Nah, Bob Iger. Iger. That's fine. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Moral ground, nothing. Just Disney, just own up to it. I, I respect you so I much. I think more. they did by rehiring him. They owned up to their mistake. They need to say they made it. It's right. like you teaching your kid. You want when Bob they did Iger to wrong, come out and say, you want we your, made a mistake. Well, you want your kid to know that they did something wrong and learn from it, right? Of course. That's what I want Disney to do. Drake, I'm with you. Scott watched 2022. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. <laughs> I'm already there, guys. It's not like some boycott. Do you own The Last Jedi? Nah, we're not gonna buy that. Oh, have you God. seen Guardians of the Galaxy Three? Yet? Actually, I have some updates on that. All right, one final story, guys, for today. We're circling back to the Star Wars universe. Shockingly. Oh my God. Uh, this is <laughs> this is so fantastic. I could not let this go another week without talking about this. Revenge of the Sith deleted scene of Anakin speaking droid. What? Goes viral. This is on movieweb.com from March 8th. There is a deleted scene. Well, let me just read from the article. An old deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith where Anakin speaks droid has started to gain popularity online. Some Star Wars fans are having a hard time believing that the scene is real, which makes sense in an age where deleted scenes are practically a thing of the past. Over the years, the prequels have been looked at in a better light by a younger generation that grew up with these three installments being the first Star Wars movie that they ever saw. Even the most diehard Star Wars fan can point out some rather wacky parts in the prequels, but this takes the cake. So I'm going to play this audio. This is a clip of Obi-Wan and Anakin. And this is real. This is legit. You can look it yeah. up. MovieWeb.com. This is not one of our goofy bits here. This is not Steve no. making funny voices. <laughs> Although is... I can understand why people would think that, just to be yeah. just to be fair about this. I'm just going to play the clip, and we'll discuss. Here it is, Anakin and Obi-Wan having a discussion. Oh, there we go. It's broken. Can you understand what he's saying? I'm not a protocol droid. I'm pretty sure that beep is down. I sense Count Dooku is above us. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. Beep is up, I think. <laughs> so what's going on in that scene is Anakin says, I'm pretty sure that, and you hear the R2 sound, is up. And he moves his voice, he moves his mouth like he's talking out of the corner of his mouth, and a beeping sound comes out. He actually speaks r2's language out of his mouth this is yeah in this deleted scene this is a deleted scene it's so fantastic when they're on board uh uh general grievous yeah shot. they're on board they're they're rescuing yeah. the chancellor yeah yeah they're re- rescuing well palps sheaves sheaves, sheaves. palps yeah yeah 
So, so my quest. Th- it, this begs the question. Yeah. Are deleted scenes canon? <laughs> because it was written and filmed, but never appeared in the film. Here's that's a great question because in more deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, uh, one of the Jedi is executed on board, but then later on shows up. I think later somewhere else in the film. So the deleted scene was taken out. Uh, Shakti, I think, was her name. Shakti, yeah. Yeah. So there is a scene where General Grievous actually executes her and then takes her lightsaber off her dying body. Okay. And puts it in his robe. Ah. It's on. It's in one of the hallway sequences, and the and the uh, and Obi Wan and I think Anakin witness this. Okay. So I don't. That's a good question. I, I would say no because of that. <sighs> yeah. I could not believe that is not fake people. Yeah. It seems like I just dropped in those the beeping noises. It's not his voice. His mouth moves to the corner and <laughs> comes oh out. It's so great. Sadly, it's not. <laughs> it's almost as bad as some of the actual dialogue from the film. So, <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. very very nice. Job. You know, did anybody read that uh, article I posted from Chuck Wendig? Um, maybe a week or maybe two weeks ago. Tell me to read that that I put out there to you guys. Where was the, that? The talk about canon just brought it up to me here. I think oh. I put it on our on our Slack thread, as I think I would have put okay. it where I put it here. But basically, the gist of it was is his thought was that there should be a a Star Wars cinematic universe. And there should be a Star Wars, I guess you would call it legends or literary universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, similar to the fact that we've that there are the Marvel comic books as we all know them, and that the Marvel movies can exist and not affect the canon of the comic books. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he suggested the same thing for Star Wars, and I kind of agree with them. Yeah, because yeah. like Scott, you you know your your big bone of contention is that there's all these stories going on with you know with Phasma, and you feel like that. You're you're shortchanged on the movie stories because they're putting juicy details into the literary books. And why don't we just why don't we separate them? What do you think? Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I think I'm on board with you, Greg. I it would it would make me feel like I'm not required to read the stuff, but would still enjoy just going out on my own. But yeah, they, they make you feel like you have to go buy all this extra stuff, and I never felt that way in the first place. So hmm. yeah. Know. A separate little separation. I thought it was a good idea, though. It's an interesting concept because yeah. none of us are upset that the that the scrolls are are bad guys or not bad guys here, right? right? Even though the scrolls have forever been bad guys since since the second edition of Fantastic Four, as pointed out by Dave. Yes, but nobody's upset that they're not bad guys now. Well, what if all of a sudden they've made you know all of the stormtroopers good guys in the next in the next you know book? You know, would would we all just lose our shit? Oh yeah, I yeah. was much more upset there was no Omni Wave generator in Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to see the DNA transfer, didn't you? Exactly. Is that what it is? Mm. Yeah, he did. I'll show you some DNA transfer. I was going to say, is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> so that that was uh, you know the scroll thing didn't bother me, but I will say that it it didn't bother me, but I knew enough about the Marvel character, mm. so knowing that it's different. And the way she becomes Captain Marvel, I don't know. It, it 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 was a little bit of a tough sell, probably because of the performance. Hey, Marvel, would you like to swap some DNA? <laughs> Let's get out of here. That's exactly how it happens. Hey, real quick, real quick, real quick. 
Cut the music. Cut the music. Yeah. I want. I just want to play this one. This one's All primarily right. for Scott, but uh, but it hits close for me too. So let's go. Let's go with a little of this one right here. All right. Coming right up, and here it comes. Uh, yeah, surf guitar legend, um, and and really, you know, pioneered a whole style of music that people still love today, myself included. And if you ever watch him play the guitar, he plays left-handed, but he actually strung his guitar for a right-handed player. So he yes. literally learned how to play the guitar upside down. Upside down. That is correct. Um, wow. Yeah, you say legend, I say legend, but he is absolutely the king of surf guitar. But he is more notoriously known for the guy who created the sound on the amplifiers because, um, who was it? Leo Fender? Mm-hmm. Sounds he, right. That was Maybe. he was working with on the amps. He kept blowing up the amps and forced Fender to create. I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but created this new style of amp, almost in a joking way, like Spinal Tap says, "Let's go to 11," or mm. it, it goes to 11. He was the one who kept destroying amps to make them more powerful. A friend of mine posted a picture. He has his. Uh, Signed Pulp Fiction vinyl. Yeah. Oh, by Dick Dale. By Dick Dale. Yep. Yeah, I, I posted a picture yeah. of him signed uh, from Viva. Met yeah. Him the that... first year um, that he was there, and um, got a ton of pictures of him from that show and live video from him. Awesome. Yeah, he is. So, yeah. so he he played the year that 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 we went with you, Scott, the to Viva that one year. That was like three or four years ago now, but he yeah. played that year. Was that the only time you'd seen him, or have you seen him there a year a year or two prior? That was the second time he played Viva. Uh, he okay. played two okay. years prior to that, and uh, just still, it was amazing the year we saw him. But yeah. Was, you know, the, the year before, or two years before I saw him, amazing. The guy was just fantastic. Just bring it, huh? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Glad I got to see him. He's a legend. He will be missed. Yes. All right. It's With music. that... We're out of here. Well, we're almost out of here. We've got about two and a half minutes to kill. Yeah, I'd say about two and a half minutes to uh, tap dance a little bit here. Yeah. All right. I only need 30 seconds and I am done. Just ask my wife. But <laughs> boom. Oh, there it is. There you go. Thank you. A little slow on the, uh, on the old draw tonight with the rim shot. And if you've ever been slow on the old draw. On the rim shot. With the rim shot. Uh, give us a call. Let us know how it went. On the Wretched Hive hotline. 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell HIVE. You can also right. you can also look us up online at thewretchedhive.net. Started mm-hmm. sort of re- revamping the website a little bit and got hung up on other things this weekend, but that's coming. Yeah, that's coming soon. Hit me up on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's work on that together. Love that to. sounds good. Yeah. Uh, also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast, which we highly recommend you spend as much time as you can on Facebook. Not. Zuckerberg! Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at RetchHivePod, on Instagram, RetchedHive77. You can email the show to show at therechedhive.net. Uh, but you can 
Find us pretty much anywhere on any podcast player. But the best way to listen is through Apple Podcasts, and we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review. Five stars, one star. We don't care. Any number of stars. We just want to connect with you, listeners of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Guys, episode 83 is in the books. Final thoughts. It's 84. 83? 84. Kobe Wong? I've got 83. I don't know. It's 80 something. Flurkins forever. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I think Nico said less than twelve words in this episode. I'm gonna have to count. I'm gonna go back and count all of Nico's words. He's trying to avoid Captain Marvel spoilers. (laughs) He's now said sixteen. Yeah. Guys, have a wonderful couple of weeks. We love you. Thank you for listening to this here show. Have a great, great, great. Great, know, great. Whatever you do between now and then. And may the force be with us all! Yeah. Always. You missed it. I forgot what I was going to say there. <laughs> Damn it. It gets to be almost midnight. I'm, right. I, start to, I start to fade. I hear you.